you are a mother. So were you into this prior to being a mom or were you already a mom at the time? I was actually already a mom at the time. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Sanagata. I'm Greg Dybeck. For anyone out there that would like to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Our email is oplpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us an email and we'll get back to you. Yeah, today we're speaking to a woman who reached out. Really interesting because she's a mom, but she is into age play. So a kink where she regresses in age to around the age six to nine when she's with a partner. So we haven't discussed age play on the show, so we're going to talk about that today. And we've got the guests on the line, and thanks so much for being on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part. Yeah, of course. Can you just give us your definition of what age play is? Sure, absolutely. Um, now, when it comes to kink and BDSM, everyone has kind of like their own variation of what it means or what it means to them. So for me personally, age play is somewhere that I go mentally. Um, sometimes I go there physically with what I dress and how I play around or things I wear, things like that. And for me, it is basically going into a mental headspace where I allow myself to basically be a kid again. Um, where I fall, is, like you said before, is between the ages of six to nine. Some people consider that little space. Other people consider that middle uh, because there's little middles and bigs. So I consider myself somewhere towards the little to middle area. And yeah, I just kind of get into that headspace and allow myself to be younger for a little while to not have responsibilities to let somebody else basically tell me what to do because as a mom you are very much in charge of everything you run everything you run the show so it's my way of sitting back um, going back to a time period maybe in my life personally that I needed to kind of revisit it wasn't you know maybe what I wanted it to be so age play allows me to do that so what exactly you know changes like do you change your voice and like what kind of things do you usually do when you're you know doing that like pretending to be for the ages from six to nine um well for me personally um i don't change my voice too too much um sometimes if i'm trying to be more you know i try to be more funny i guess you can say with my age play i try not to take it too seriously um the best way i can describe it is Basically, I sometimes I will completely change my outfit. I'll put on a, I don't know if you've seen, like, they have them in Hot Topic, like the zipper up, like, onesie that, like, have a hood and stuff like that. Or I'll just throw on, like, a really big T-shirt, cute shorts, and, like, maybe put a bow in my hair or have a bunch of, like, stuffed animals around me, um, things like that. But I describe my little space. I actually have like a persona kind of to say. Um, I don't know if you remember the show Invader Zim from back in the day. Mm -hmm. I'm 30, so. Throwback, uh, yeah. You guys remember. Um, the little character Gurr <laughs> from mm -hmm. Invader Zim is basically how I describe her, um, that part of me. Because, you know, he essentially kind of does something very similar. He puts on the suit and he's a puppy. Um, so that's kind of like my personality. I'm funny. I'm witty. You know, I kind of do things, you know, for a reaction. Sometimes my voice basically stays the same unless like, you know, 
for example, like I really want something. I'm like, ooh, can I have that? Like, you know, it's not much of a change in my voice. It's more so a flair, if that makes sense. Okay. Got it. So when you're doing this with a partner, is it just about kind of being obedient and being in that space or there's a sexual nature to this as well? Um, there's definitely both. Um, like I always tell everybody, you know, age play, little space, whatever you want to call it. It does not have to be sexual whatsoever. There are days where I, you know, will let it fall into the sexual realm. And there's days where I just completely just want to keep it, you know, fun, friendly, low key. Um, but yeah, with a partner, basically it just, it kind of just flows naturally on its own. I'm not really someone to be a hundred percent obedient, um, because I do also consider myself a brat as well, which, you know, you kind of just do little things here and there just to kind of get, you know, a reaction from your partner or to kind of push the scene or the moment in the direction you want it to go. You know, for me, being a brat kind of makes it more fun because um, I'm also in the King community, a switch. So that's, you know, someone who could be dominant, someone who could be submissive. So it allows me to kind of like play around with that. And then it also kind of lets me get put back in my place. Okay. If that kind of makes sense. So like so, throwing tantrums or something a child that age might do to get a rise out of a parent, for example. Exactly. Exactly. For me, it's one of those where, you know, if you tell me, okay, you're only allowed to have three pieces of candy right now, I'll go, okay, well, what if I just have two more pieces of candy because I did what you said before. So technically I've been behaving. So don't I earn it? And then I kind of just keep pushing and pushing and pushing the envelope out like a kid would, you know, until they have to get to that point where I have no choice but to be put in my place. Cause they'll take something that I really love away from me or I'll get a punishment or a punishment, something to that effect. Can you uh, explain the difference between a punishment and a punishment? <laughs> Yes. Um, so a punishment is something that's really not something that you dislike. It's something that you kind of like, but kind of dislike. So for me, I'm also, uh, I'm into like paddling, spanking, the all night, all that stuff. So for me, spanking really isn't much of a punishment because I enjoy it. But because of the fact that I enjoy it, but there is also that aspect of pain there, it can be a punishment because although it may be fun for me, once we get to a certain level, you know, it kind of does become more of a punishment. How much longer can I handle it? Whereas a punishment could be something that I really do not like to do, but because of whatever I did, I have to do it. Like, for example, I'm not a big fan of writing lines. Writing lines is one of those big ones for littles, especially, you know, saying I will not, you know, touch the cookies when I'm okay. told not. Like, like Bart Simpson. Yeah, yeah. Like On the chalkboard, right. Okay. Yeah, except, yeah, so that's more of a punishment because I don't like it at all. Whereas a punishment, there's like an element of this is kind of fun, but we know we're doing it because, you know, you were bad, basically. Okay. So that's something that you do kind of, you know, fully play into is if you are getting punished and your partner's like, write 100 lines of this, like you'll sit there and write it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had to, I've had to write a whole 
uh, two pages, you know, front and back, you know, uh, something that I wasn't going to do. I think there was one time where I was supposed to follow up with the partner that I was with at the time about uh, making sure that I organized all of my callers like I was supposed to and then let him know. Okay. Um, I forgot to let him know that entire day. And of course, you know, he didn't say anything because he wanted to see if I was going to actually mention it. So then the next morning I got, well, you forgot to do this. So now you're going to write me lines that I will not forget to let daddy know when I completed my task over and over and over again about two pieces of paper front and back. So, wow. So you, you mentioned daddy and that was my next question. Your partner in this What is the fantasy? Is this, you know, when you kind of age regress and you're in this headspace, is this person supposed to be your parent or just an adult figure? For me, yeah, it's kind of like an adult figure more so than a parent, um, just because I do like to deviate the two because I am a parent myself. Um, So it's more like an adult figure and daddy's just a term that I use with this person because it feels natural to call them that. You call them whatever you want. I've had a partner that like to be called sen- Senpei if you've ever watched anything with anime. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's more so he's the, he's the adult influence in my life while I'm not being an adult. And have you had multiple partners that kind of have engaged in all of this with you? Yes, I've had to say in the last few years, I've had probably about three or four partners that have engaged in it with me. Um, Two of them were in it, you know, because they already were involved in the world. And the others I basically brought into the world with me and kind of like showed them what it's about. And then over time, they actually grew to love it themselves because we created a bond on such a different level than the average, you know, I guess you can say vanilla couple. Okay. So I think one of the biggest things to address or from what I've seen, one of the biggest debates or just criticism of age play is that there's this sexualization of a, you know, six to nine year old in this case, or your partner is playing an adult parental figure and you're playing a child. And then obviously people will say, well, does that cross the line into pedophilia or this sort of pedophilia mindset? So what do you have to say to that? Uh, well, first thing is, is I am completely NMIK, which is no minors and kink whatsoever. I don't care if you're 17, no minors and kink. Um, what, what do you, what does that but, mean exactly? Uh, NMIK, no minors and kink we want, means that anybody who's under the age of 18 should not be engrossing themselves within this realm, in this okay. community. Just because you are still young, you're, you know, you're not fully aware of what you're doing and you don't want to accidentally hurt yourself physically or mentally, you know, with something that you're not able to truly comprehend. And also, you don't want to interact with somebody who's much older than you and you have a bigger problem on your hands. Gotcha. Um, But yeah, when it comes to that, trust me, I've seen it all, heard it all. Um, But one thing that I do tell people is that Remember, we are two grown adults. We are consenting to this. And we know we're adults. Like, it's not a mystery. We know we're adults. And we have that within us the entire time we're doing something. And more so, it's the fact of being able to 
maybe become more vulnerable through going back into our mental space a little bit because the way I look at it is as a kid, you're fearless in a sense. You're able to just kind of go and do and you're willing to try new things and not be so nervous. And as an adult, you know, if someone tells you to do a backflip, you're like, oh my God, if I land this way, I'm going to break my ankle. Oh my God, I'm going to land on my head. This can go wrong. That can go wrong. Whereas when I let myself go to that headspace, it opens up this ability for me to kind of relax, if that makes sense. Um, that my situation is different than everybody else's. Um, so I'm not going to speak, obviously, for everybody because everyone uses this, you know, as differently. Mm-hmm. But I would kind of say, you know, it's not something that we're trying to be like, oh, I want to have sex with a child. Obviously, that's disgusting. <laughs> we're never going to be okay with that. When it but, does become sexual, does anything change in that sort of role play, though? Or is it sort of you, you stay the same characters? Um, I mean, some, I mean, for me personally, um, once it starts to become more sexual, you know, it's a little bit harder for me to stay completely like a little kid unless, you know, I'm dressed up per se or, you know, I have like a pacifier in my mouth, you know, but it kind of does get a little bit more mature. Um, So it kind of stops being so cutesy and little to now I'm a little bit more mature in my head. And, you know, sometimes my partner will remind me, remember, you're the person who can't think for themselves because you're in that mental headspace, you're a child in your head, if that kind of makes sense. So it's more so the fact of that I'm kind of just throwing caution to the wind and kind of like how a child is used to their parents telling them what they can and cannot do. That's kind of where it flows into where it becomes sexual, not more so like, oh, you know, into little kids. No, I'm into the idea that you are in a headspace that you're allowing me to control the situation and tell you what to do just like a kid. Okay. And I'm curious, like, how did you, you know, kind of get started in this and find out that you were into this sort of thing? It's actually a really interesting story. Um, So basically it's one of those things where I will say, you know, as you get in this journey, you kind of realize how, Early on in your life, it might have been a concept, but you didn't know it was a concept until you delved into it. Um, But one day I was just kind of scrolling through Instagram because I'm like, I feel like I need something more because I did deal with a lot of, you know, childhood trauma that I never really addressed because um, I am from the lovely island, you know, as cringy as that is. <laughs> um, so I lived in a household where, you know, you didn't really talk about emotions. You didn't talk about trauma. You didn't talk about any of that. So it kind of always stewed for me. Um, and I never really got to deal with it, per se. So I was scrolling through Instagram and I came up on a young woman. Her name is Evie Lupine. Um, she's fantastic. Um, and she breaks down everything for every single kind of kink and fetish out there, the pros, the cons, the misconceptions, everything. And once I started listening to her and her explaining how 
such as age players and littles, they use this to heal from trauma, to do things they never got to do because, yes, as you can probably tell, I have daddy issues. <laughs> um, so this, I was like, okay, maybe I can use this to go back and kind of heal the child inside of myself to kind of take control of a part of my life that I didn't really get to have control over. So I kind of use that as a way to combat that trauma, if that makes sense. So yeah, basically I just saw it online and I was kind of just like, you know, let me try. Cause I'll be the first person to say, I never thought I was going to be an age player or into little space because when I first looked at it, I'm like, this is kind of weird that grown adults are dressing up like babies. Mm -hmm. um, but then once I found my age group and then once I found a way that I was able to enjoy it, that I'm like, okay, I can create the world I want. It doesn't have to be the world that everybody else is playing in. So yeah, it just kind of started all from watching her videos, finding her Instagram, and then realizing that it really is a coping mechanism for a part of my childhood that I didn't really get to experience because I was a kid who was dancing, pageants, commercials, modeling. I was always mm, on the go. I never, yeah, I never really had the chance to always do the things that other kids got to do. My family wasn't very much, you know, emotionally available. So, and my dad wasn't in my life for most of my life. So I never really got to have that kind of connection with people and with, you know, the adults in my life. So it allowed me to do that. And when life gets stressful now, you know, sometimes I'm like, all right, adulting has been too much today. <laughs> it has been a lot and I've kind of had enough. So, you know what, let me They'll be a kid again, kind of like when people go to Disney World and they say, you know, everyone gets to be a kid again. That's kind of where I take it. So, yeah, that's basically how it kind of happened. Okay. And you are a mother. So were you into this prior to being a mom or were you already a mom at the time? I was actually already a mom at the time. Um, I was pregnant when I was 19 and had my daughter when I was 20. Um, and now I'm 30. So I was actually... My daughter was probably somewhere, I would say maybe around uh, preschool, kindergarten age when I realized this for myself. And trust me, I sat there for a long amount of time thinking, you know, is this wrong of me because I'm a mom and I already have a kid who, you know, is being a kid, you know, and things like that. And am I going to be judged for being a mom? Um, and... You know, I I realize that is that there's so many people out there, funny enough, who are parents who do this. So, yeah, I would say like I was already I was already a mom for a few years before I realized this is something that I wanted to do. Are you like kind of open about you know this as well, like to your close friends and stuff? Like they know that you're kind of into these types of things. Well, yeah, um, all of my closest friends know that this is what I do. I will say I am very, very lucky that my friends are 100% supportive of me because I've taken the time to explain to them what it does for me. And they know that it comes from a good place and not from a creepy place. I mean, obviously, I don't broadcast it to family just because, as I told you before, my family's kind of a little bit weird when it comes to stuff like that. But... Yeah, my friends are 100% supportive. I've actually helped a couple of my friends personally 
realized that they had some things that they were into and I was able, they were able to confide in me and feel comfortable in me to talk about those things. And I kind of helped them start their journey. Oh, wow. Was it ever strange at any point when there was sort of the age crossover between you and your daughter where you would be regressing back to the age that your daughter actually was at the time? Um, there were some moments where I was kind of like, okay, we're both thinking the same way at this moment. But the one thing that I do make sure that I do is that if my daughter is awake in the house, you know, if it's that time of the day for her to try my best to keep it 100% separate. If let's say I'm having a really, really bad day, and I know this is something that I need to do. It's one of those where you separate the two worlds. So it never leaves basically my bedroom if my child is in the house. You know, you have to be completely distracted by something. But you can do things in a kind of subtle way that don't have to be so obvious. Uh, so, for example... If, you know, I'm home on a Saturday and so is she and I'm just kind of having a bad day and I feel like this is something that I need, you know, all I have to do sometimes is just put on a Disney movie, sit there with, you know, one of the many stuffed animals because we collect them as it is as a family. Um, so I can just sit there with my stuffed animals, watch a movie and have a snack and keep it all in my brain. You know, um, I don't have to protrude every single part of the age regression of the little space to be in that mode. And sometimes, you know, my partner will just sit next to me and, you know, just tell me little things that kind of remind me of my little space, you know, be like, you know, oh, you know, I'm so proud of you for, you know, being a essential big girl and handling this in a mature way. You know, is there, do you need a blanket? You know, do you need me to cuddle you right now? And it honestly just kind of looks like normal everyday life. But to us, we're able to get into that part of the lifestyle without it conflicting over with, you know, having a child at the same age. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it's just not always sexual, I guess, to put it simply. It's sometimes just the mindset that you're in. Right, exactly. I mean, there is a good amount of time where it's not sexual at all. I was um, going to ask, like, what, like, percentage-wise, like, how often does it turn into something sexual or, you know, how often do you just kind of use it as, like you said, like a coping mechanism? Like, you'd rather just watch a Disney movie and sit there and, you know, just get cuddled, you know? Yeah. Um, Sounds kind of nice right say- now. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Um, I would say probably about 85% of the time it's not sexual. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, And then, you know, there is that time because, you know, I am a grown adult. We adults, we have needs, we have wants. Um, (laughs) And it just happens to be that, you know, we were already, you know, playing around in that realm. And sometimes I can be in that headspace, but then also want to add another kink into it. So I can be in little space and, you know, my partner can say, you know, you're going to be a good girl for me right now and we're going to pull out the wax and we're going to see how much more you can handle than you did the last time. And then, you know, maybe because I don't have any clothes on or I just have a skirt on, you know, and you're obviously touching the person, it'll roll into it 
naturally. I don't think for me, I know there's some people out there who they are babies and they will go straight into it, you know, no wits or thoughts about it. But for me, it's kind of more so it gradually kind of happens because the environment is allowing it to. Okay. And it sounds like you have some other kinks as well. Is that usually sort of the bridge where like you are, you know, six pretending in your head that you're six to nine years old and then there and then it's like clear that there's going to be some sort of sexual you know component to this and there's just other sort of kinks or fetishes that are kind of thrown into the mix oh yeah definitely um because i also i love road play it's one of my one of my top favorites so you know sometimes as you know when i'm in that little headspace you know it can kind of be used as one of those punishments we talked about where you know i you know, have just been too hyper, you know, just too, too much for him because my partner is very low key. He honestly is one of those people who definitely more shy on the shy end of things. And, you know, he works a lot. And then sometimes I just come out with a burst of energy for no reason. And he's like, okay, listen, we need to calm you down a little bit. We need to relax you. So I'm going to do this tie around you and you're going to sit you know, on the pillows, you know, on the floor, I will give you a water cup if you need it at all. You know, I'll give you water, whatever you need. I'll put on a TV show, but we're going to tie you up and you're going to sit here and calm your ass down. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that's kind of how, you know, that's like one of the kinks and how it kind of flows into the other, which then could become sexual from, you know, just what's happening. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Guys, the end of the year is approaching. The holidays are upon us. This is a time where naturally we get more reflective. We're in our feelings. We think about our life, the things that we want to do. It's natural to feel sad and anxious around this time. But by adding something new and positive into your life, you can counteract those feelings. And maybe that new and positive thing is therapy. Therapy can help you feel grounded and it can give you tools to better manage your everyday life. I'm not lying. I just finished therapy before I started recording this. I've been doing therapy for well over a year and I genuinely feel like I'm becoming a better and more capable version of myself. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, then try BetterHelp. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you'll be matched up with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So you can find that person that you really mesh with. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com OPL today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash OPL and get 10% off your first month. People make fun of me, but I love water. Like it is one of my favorite beverages. I love the taste. I love the texture. I love the lack of color. It's just everything about water is awesome. What I don't like is drinking water that is not clean. So it terrified me to find out that a U.S. geological survey showed that nearly half of America is potentially drinking toxic water. If you don't want to be a statistic, then join me in using AquaTrue. With AquaTrue, you get crisp, clean taste, and it virtually eliminates 100% of all contaminants in your water. It saves you money because you don't have to buy bottled water, which is great. 
It's sleek and compact, really nice design, and it removes 15 times more contaminants than your ordinary pitcher filters, which you could basically find in any supermarket. I knew that I had to get AquaTrue to ensure that I was not drinking contaminants, so if you also want to prioritize your health and your hydration, then head over to AquaTrue.com and use code OPL to grab 20% off your purifier. That's AquaTrue.com, A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and use code OPL to grab 20% off your purifier. They also have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so this decision's pretty much a no-brainer. And believe me, it also makes a wonderful gift because it's that time of year. And don't forget to use code OPL at AquaTrue.com for that exclusive discount. Happy drinking. You also mentioned in the email pet play and knife play specifically. Are those some of your other favorite kinks? Uh, yes, absolutely. And um, pet play is, uh, we've actually, I think we spoke to someone who's like a human puppy before. Is that the mm-hmm. concept that you are, sort of get collared or walked around on a leash and you're this person's pet? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, like I said, Gur is that headspace for me. So I'm kind of like the silly, fun, comical puppy where some people take it very seriously and they're strictly a dog where I'm the dog that will talk back to you like a little kid, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't really fall into where I will not be able to speak. You know, I'm kind of like, like I call myself more of a human pet because I still will talk to you and, you know, but I'm still a puppy. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it's very more of an anime thing where like they'll be like half girl half dog half girl half whatever okay that's kind of where i pull it into um but yeah pet space that's a big one because then i can be a puppy you know the little form of a dog um and then knife play is just something for me it doesn't always fall into little space but sometimes it can if i want to go that dark with it um, but for me, yeah, knife play is one of those where it's just the anticipation. It's just the feeling of like something kind of sharp, just gently gracing your skin. And like, you know, if you're, if you're like blindfolded, you don't know where it's going to touch next. Ooh. Are you, you getting know. cut? Sorry, Joe's laughing. I don't know why I'm making all these like, Ooh, ah, sounds like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into it. I'm just interested. I mean, that yeah. didn't sound too bad to be honest with you, the knife stuff. Yeah, that well, yeah, maybe. I don't that know if I want to get sliced up, but I don't know. Well, we spoke to also someone into blood play, and they were like cutting people yeah, up. Yeah, they were, they were doing stuff. cut. So yeah. is this just, are you actually getting cut, and is there blood involved, or it's just a little like, oh, you don't know where this poke's coming from? <laughs> um, for me personally, no. Um, I actually, I deal with very chronic form of eczema. So I have to be careful, you know, with my skin, obviously, because I could scratch myself on my own and cut my own skin open. I don't really need a knife to do that for me. Um, but yeah, for me, um, and my partner personally, he's not really into blood play. It's not really his thing. So obviously I'm always going to respect what my partner's likes and dislikes do's and don'ts are. Um, you know, there is the occasion where you might push a little hard, you might get one of those little tiny scratches, but yeah, no, I'm not drawing blood. I'm not, you know, anything like that. It's more so sometimes for me where I'll set up a scene, like, you know, you just got kidnapped 
Mm. and tied up and I'm threatening you with this to do exactly what I say or I'm going to, you know, hold this against a part of your body that makes you squeamish. Okay. Wow. Well, I think you've done a great job just, you know, I know we really talked about age play, but just making it so clear that even a specific kink is so different for everyone. And, you know, we've we've spoken to so many people on the show where it seems like they just really understand their own boundaries, the boundaries of their partner, and just how important that communication is between people who, you know, are experiencing this or, you know, performing certain kinks. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like if you know anybody in the kink community at all, like it's a big deal to make sure that you communicate, you follow the rules, you know, you, you follow the steps, you meet the person, you negotiate, you express your do's Mm -hmm. and don'ts. You're, you know, you're absolute red. Absolutely not. You have that safe word, you know, all those kinds of things, because, you know, I have seen people personally basically kind of get banded out of the king community because they did not follow mm-hmm. those rules. Okay. Um, and they've kind of been like, you know, pushed down. People will say, please do not play with this person. They do not negotiate. They do not respect boundaries. And for everyone else's safety, please do not play with this person and they will not find a partner to play with. <laughs> Where does this community kind of live? Like, it feels like there's like a, like a, it feels like a town and there's a mayor like, all right, no one, this fucking guy's out of the town now. He's not allowed. Like, where is all this happening? I'm just, it's like a forum or is it a website? Oh, there's so many different places that it can happen. Um, you know, some people are strictly online. Like I used to have a friend of mine who, funny enough, was from Germany. Um, and, you know, we would play online through just role, role play because obviously we couldn't meet in person and he couldn't find somebody to do the kink with him. He was one of those people that was into, you know, being kicked in the balls, basically. And, you know, obviously it's kind of hard to tell somebody that you're Please give him, uh, give him our email if you're still in touch with him. <laughs> I, I want to talk to that guy. Yeah, we do want to talk to him. <laughs> Yeah, he does speak English, um, obviously. So, yeah, I will definitely let him know. You guys would love to hear about that. Um, But, yeah, like, there's, like, I know for a fact, like, especially, like, out west more, there's, like, it's kind of a kink community within, like, your area of, like, you know, where people will host kink events or parties or things like that. So, let's say you went to an event you're probably going to see those people again at another event, something like that. There's also an online community. Um, It's obviously gotten very hard because the rules have gotten more and more strict and people's accounts are constantly being taken down left and right. Um, But there's like an online community. There's, you know, you can like, for example, if you go on FetLife, um, you know, it's a little bit tricky FetLife because you do get the weirdos and the creeps who don't understand what this is and they just want to have a good time. Um, but you can find events on there. They'll say, okay, located in Queens, located in Brooklyn, located in Manhattan, RSVP to this event. You will start to, the more you go, you know, the more you become recognizable, the more people remember you. So you obviously don't want to make a bad name for yourself throughout the community of people you're involved in. If that helps. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like we're, we're sort of in the kink community. Like, I feel like we have like honorary degrees. 
what you are you talking guys about? Basically, do uh, yeah. I feel like oh, because of doing the show, the yeah, from the show, not oh. like from personal experience. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but... what are you saying, dude? Um, you guys are maybe. kind of like the how can I put it? You guys are kind of like the spokespeople for the kink community. You're like the <laughs> nice. kind of like you know when there's someone like who's doing like the sporting events and they're telling you know the plays that are happening in like a mm, baseball game. It's kind mm, of like how I think about you guys. Okay, yeah, you're the commentators. You're like the narrators of it. So. <laughs> Because trust me, I I think a lot of what you guys have talked about has kind of made people feel more comfortable because, like you guys say, you're not in the kink community, but you take the time to respect it. You take the time to learn about it, even if you're not into it, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, well, if these guys who don't do this stuff completely don't mind talking about it and they look at it like, oh, okay, that's really cool for you. That means that they can open up themselves and then know that maybe there's people out there who might not be into it, but they can still have friends, you know? Cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's yeah. fucking awesome. It that is you, awesome. You would say that. I mean, <laughs> that's that's kind of what we've the whole point of the show. I feel like is to you know hopefully uh, be able to achieve that. You know, things that we don't necessarily know about or understand or like you know even after understanding them, we're like, well, okay, not for me, but cool. Like someone's mm-hmm. into that, and that's just what it is. Um, but yeah, like anytime we do like a, a an episode about like uh, people with you know very unique kinks or fetishes and the things you never even thought you would hear before um there is this all like always this feeling of like you know it's it's almost admirable to get to a point where you can actually indulge in that because i feel like a lot of people probably have some urges to do certain things and things that you would probably think are vanilla honestly uh but and they're just like too, they think they'll be judged or they, you know, whatever. So it's like difficult for people to open up, like, I guess, sexually, even with their partner. Um, so it's, a, it is like almost admirable when people can get to the point where it's like, I get home, I fucking put on a diaper and I do this and do what I was like. It's like, wow, you know, you're, you're fully bought in and just doing kind of what makes you happy as long as everyone's sort of like on the same page of being safe. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually, one of my closest friends, um, because there are cannabis friendly events that happen out here as she's a chef and she does food for these events. And we kind of mixed her food in with kink, funny enough. And we've done, okay, if you want, you can pay $5 to have me spank her six times extra onto your dish, basically. (laughs) Um, I brought my puppyhood, I brought kink stuff with me and people would just come up and go, oh, what is that? How do you use it? And I would show and I would explain, like, you know, maybe my girlfriend or my boyfriend would be into that. That's kind of really cool. Hmm. And just those little tiny things, obviously, I'm not sitting here tying somebody up to the ceiling, (laughs) you know, that's not safe for people who are new, but just putting it out there in a comfortable environment and people being able to discuss it allows them to open up and just be themselves because we live in a freaking crazy effed up world, right? So if you can find a little bit of an escape, if you can find one more thing that makes you happy when everything is trying to pull you down, freaking go for it. And if I can help somebody find something else that maybe could have saved their relationship, um, that could help them process something that they couldn't process before, you know, like I have dealt with sexual abuse, physical abuse, and sometimes doing something similar and kink makes me feel like I'm taking my power back. I'm in control of the situation now. And 
because I don't know if you've heard, but the submissive honestly has the most power in the dynamic out of the set of the dom because they're the ones who can stop it at any time. So that kind of gave me my power back, Mm. you know? So if I can, you know, open somebody up to something or at least just make somebody comfortable with the idea of knowing that it exists, it just kind of creates more and more and more acceptance of just people being different. Yeah, I mean... Well said. Uh, yeah, we we appreciate you being, you know, like taking the time, but also just being super well spoken about this, and you know, being as honest as possible, and and uh, you know, I, again, just taking the time to come on and share, you know, information about this. Of course, of course. Uh, like I said, I'm a complete advocate for people being themselves. You know, I'm a biracial girl who grew up in a heavily, heavily white community. I was one of the first kids of color to go to my school district. So I know exactly what it's like to feel like you're the black swan of the group. You're the, uh, I guess you could say the ugly duckling, the one who sticks out, you know, and feel like you don't have a place. I want everybody to find their place, whether it's kink, whether it's just, you know, finding a group of people like who love video games just like they do. Because I've met people through kink that I found that I had other interests just very similar to theirs. And we'll spend more time talking about that than even about kink. Hmm. You know, it just, you know, if I can help people open themselves up the way I wish people helped me open up, you know, any part of their life, then boom, I got you. You know, I'll help you do what you got to do. Nice. That's awesome. Well, like Joe said, thank you so much for just saying all of this and, and opening, I think a lot of people's eyes, uh, to just, just kink in general and just that community. Uh, and then obviously age play. So thank you so much and just wish you the best of luck with everything. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure and I will keep sharing all your guys' podcasts because I make everybody listen to you when they're with me. <laughs> appreciate yeah. it. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> of course. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. All right. All right. I think she said it all best. I think she did say it all best. She sounded prepared. Yeah. Like she was crushing that interview, honestly. Uh, But yeah, I mean, not for me, which is fine. But like, you know. Yeah. uh, And and there just, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this too. Like it's, that's a maybe bigger gap to bridge. I think for a lot of people, um, similar to, you know, episodes we've had with like rape and kidnapping fantasies and, you know, age play and just the dynamic of, you know, a, an adult and a child. It gets and, dicey. Yeah. It just and like the language there. around it. It just, it, it feels so unnatural because on the other side of the spectrum of, you know, pedophilia and like people who act this out in the real world right. is like. Well, clearly, clearly that is different though. Like, obviously. yes, yes. But I'm just saying the, in doing some research for this too, just like the main debate and, mm-hmm. and people speaking up, you know, about this and how uncomfortable it, you know, makes them not people that are involved in this community, yeah. but people who are sort of on looking and judging. Right. I do think that like, there's a very clear difference between those two things because you still have to, you're like attracted to adults. Mm-hmm. You're not attracted to minors. Yes. You know, when you have this type of thing. And also, the way that she was kind of describing it, I was picturing, like, a Disney adult. 
like the ones that show up at the park and they're like crying when they see Mickey Mouse and shit. And you're like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, like you're a little confused by that. <laughs> but it's like there's something that it means something to them mm-hmm. and whatever. And it's not that it's like, you know, what she was just describing where she was like just sitting on the couch and like I just want a blanket and like be told that I'm a big girl and whatever the fuck. Like, you yeah. know, well, but, I think it being a coping mechanism for her own sort of childhood trauma and the childhood that, that she didn't have control of is that's super interesting i think that makes sense and also how many couples you know that do the baby talk shit anyway it's like <laughs> but like that to that's me is point. like not that different than what she's talking about like obviously it's a sexual component and we don't really know the details behind that but like for the most part like you said 85 percent of the time it's just like sexual yeah just treating me like a baby and it's like you know sometimes you hear couples and it's like oh my little and they're both doing it to each other you know, and it's like, that's like, it's yeah. sort of similar here, you know? Uh, I mean, look, I, I get it how that's a little dicey or whatever, but I think that like pedophiles are attracted to fucking children. Of course. And the fucking these was are not adults. supposed to, it was not, I was saying fucking as like a adjective, not as a verb, but like they're right. attracted to children. Um, and, People who are into this, I think, are more attracted to the idea of being small and, like, mm-hmm. whatever. And and it's not, like, that. Mm-hmm. It's That's a different thing. Yeah. You know what and I mean? And it seems like that, at least in her case, is, is being heavily communicated, you know, right. between partners as well. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad we had her on to discuss this. Like you said, just super prepared and someone who has been practi- practicing this for I think almost a decade based on, she said, you yeah. know, when her daughter was born to now, uh, and just having so much experience and communication that she's gone through with different partners about this. So really good to hear from her. Uh, like we said about age play, but also just kind of kinks and, and those communities in general. Yeah. And also the last thing I'll say here is like, obviously there's fucking exceptions to this, but from the most part, when we hear about the kink communi- community, uh, and the rules and stuff like, a lot of the guests that we've had on the show are pretty serious about these like rules and like boundaries and like mm-hmm. things you're supposed to do. And like, we don't, I remember one time we did an episode of someone, she was talking about, she was into all these kinks and I was like, Whoa, holy shit. But then it was, but then we had brought up something about like, like a girl who was like walking out in public with like jizz on her face or something. And she was like completely against that sort of thing. Cause she's like, now you're getting other people not involved. forcing like, your fun. kink on people who are exactly. Aren't. Mm-hmm. So like th- I will say from our experience with talking people who are in the kink community, like they are very heavily like about the rules and like whatever. And these are people that are coming on the show and talking about it for a half an hour to 45 minutes. They're into this like heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there are people who fucking break rules and do whatever, but just wanted to say that I think that, you know, as long as everyone's being safe and everything's legal and like cool and whatever, do your thing. That's all I could say. Yeah. Well um, said. But yeah. So anyone else uh, that would like to come on the show, uh, hit us up. The email is OPLpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll get back to you. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok at OPL podcast. You could support over at patreon.com slash OPL show. And that is all for this week. See you guys next time. <laughs>